Hello and welcome back to Turf Talk. It is Ascot Chase Weekend. The last grade one before the Cheltenham Festival and it's quite a decent race this year. Joining me as per usual is Big James Watson. How are we, lad? Doing very well. Looking forward to this weekend. Of course, of course the boy is back in the Ascot Chase uh, and I, for one, cannot wait for it. Uh, also good racing throughout Ascot, Haydock and Wincanton and buzzing to be buzzing to be back and preview it for you. Yeah, they'll be the three cards we'll be focusing on this week. We're also joined by the student punter and a member of Team Tizard, another member of Team Tizard. It's not like we have enough bias on this podcast. It's Louis Sharp, how are we, mate? Yeah, all good. Thank you, lads, for having me on. Uh, uh, sort of, uh, it's good to obviously get get my opinion out there, and uh, hopefully we can have some success this weekend. Yeah, obviously, Louis, you're you're involved with with quite a couple of horses. Uh, down at the Tizards, including Master Demonary runs this weekend. Uh, who else is in your squad? Uh, yeah, so jumps wise, Wider Galley, uh, Striking Oppose and Sherborne over the jumps. We've also got Nonstop and Colden's Passion on the flat. Um, yeah, and, uh, and one of the horses who's not run yet is a horse called Pedley Wood as well. So high hopes for all of them. It's, it's all starting to come together. Some promising times ahead, hopefully. Should be good fun, mate. A lot of fun to be had there. We'll start with Ascot on Saturday, though, for this weekend. And the first race we'll talk about is the Reynolds Town. The opening novice hurdle is quite a decent little event, to be fair. Uh, Skytastic in there and also our, our friend Scarface for Paul Taylor. But the 150 is the Reynolds Town and they bet. 5-2 to two best price, does he know? 7-2 to two Corrick Rambler, 4 Annual Invictus, 6 is Doyen Breed, 8 Fernhill and 10 is Jay Foix. Uh, Jim, I'll come to you first here. Does he know the right favourite? Probably the one to beat. Yeah, certainly is. Sets the uh, sets the standard on ratings and and deserves his head at the play, uh, his place at the top of the market. Um, a f- interesting sort of race. Um, the horse that I'm siding with at the moment is Doyen Breed. Uh, I was impressed with how he jumped last time at Warwick behind three under through five, who has the collateral form with Does He Know as well. Um, but Doyen Breed, it just exceeds stamina and. Uh, you can see him plodding on and in a race that's often won by a slow boat. I think he certainly fits the profile. I thought he jumped very well on debut. I know he only beat Emmy Tom in the end by half a length in, in, in so. But um, his second start wasn't as good at Kelso. His jumping fell apart a little bit, but he was a lot better around at Warwick last time. Uh, and the softer the ground for better, better for him. Um, there's a few question marks about a few others in this race. Uh, however, I think Dying Breed, for me, offers a bit of value at 6-1 to one for a stable that is renowned for three mile staying chases and uh he fits the profile for this race for me more than more than the favourite and offers a little bit more value at sixes. I can see that mate. I don't think it's much of a secret. You I know you're a, you're the biggest Tizard fanboy in the world. I might be the biggest Sandy Thompson fanboy in the world. Definitely. My, my, my favourite trainer and if I had horses, most of them would be be with him and I'd have fifteen in the national. It'd be brilliant. <laughs> Lewis uh I, th- yeah. I think does he, does he know he's, he's the right favourite, but would you want to take him on? Um, yeah, I, I, I would. Um, you know, I, I like um, his form at, at Cheltenham, but looking back at it, I just don't think he, he's beat a lot, to be honest. And, and I know that's harsh for a horse that's rated at 147, but I just think that's the case. The horse that catches my eye um, is Annual Invictus. I think um, even though he come third last time, he was always staying on. Um, and in the manner that he got outpaced and left behind by, let's face it, good horses in Elixir de Nuts, who's gone in, in twice or once or twice again, I believe. Um, and Nassalam, who, who Gary Moore obviously thinks a lot of. Um, I think that this uh, sort of more galloping track will suit him. Obviously, the, the stiffer stamina test. There's question marks whether he'll stay, but... Uh, I'm willing to take the chance. Chris Gordon, a 22% strike rate over the over the last two weeks, so he's in good form. I'm willing to to take him on. Yeah, it's it's an, it's an interesting race, and it, it's it's a tricky one. You know, do, uh, does he know the short as twos in places? I'd say that might be on the short side, but I think five to two is probably a fair price for him. I think look, he he gives three pounds away here. His form is probably. The most solid overall. I can see exactly why Annual Invictus goes up in trip, but I think I just have Dozzy Nodan as a slightly superior horse at the minute. I was a big fan of Corrick Rambler uh, when he won at Cheltenham and before that at Aintree. 
thought it was a bit of a bold call to throw him into the classic chase last time for a horse so inexperienced. I expect him to be better than that run here. Boyan Breed's just going to be a lovely staying handicap chaser in the future, but I'm not quite sure he's quite proven he's up to this level yet. Not a mile off. Not a mile off. Uh, and Fernhill and Jay are nice horses, but probably need to improve on what they've done so far. Does he know might become a bet for me if he stays around five to two or even a fraction bigger? It's it's a tricky little race, so it's it's quite a decent well, maybe not in terms of quality, but it's a competitive little renewal this year. I'm looking forward to that. I'm also looking forward to the Swimley Chase up two twenty five. We've got another of our good friends in this fiddler on the roof, heads are betting at nine to four. Ask me early, 7-2, to two, 6 is Caribbean Boy, 11's Fortescue, then 12's Larry, hold that talk, Colbo Lobo, 20's Regal Encore, what a boy, 22's Trucker's Lodge, and 33 for Sojourn. Uh, normally I'd have thrown this open to Lewis first, but seeing as though it's Fiddler, I've got to send it to Jim, mate. Uh, surely you aren't going to take him on. No, I, I think the marquee's got this bang on. You could have got, a, got him slightly bigger early on in the week. Uh, obviously the Grand National weight's released earlier on. And I think that's a fair enough way allocated for him. It was sort of what we were all expecting. Uh, this is a, a nice stepping stone and uh, obviously bigger things will be coming after this. And uh, this this comes at a nice time. Distance will suit him perfectly. Ascot, I've got no problem with. Uh, he goes on most ground and, and he's at the head of the market for a reason. Can't There's nice horses in behind, but I, I don't think they're up to the... The class that he is, of course, Ask Me Early had the little problem uh, before the Welsh National, which meant he missed the race. Uh, had two novice hurdles uh, victories before Christmas, having been very impressive in his, his starts last season over the fences. Uh, and I can understand why he's second favourite. He, and you've also got Fortescue in there, who set, sets a solid standard, who was third in the Peter Marsh last time. Uh, I, I fancied him that day and he didn't run too badly and stayed on strongly surprised they've not gone up for the Grand National trial again instead of this uh, probably the ground might be a, a main attribute and uh, I know there's bits and pieces of form on, on heavy ground but uh, he does like it soft, good to soft mostly overall uh, and, and here's probably more than likely um, Caribbean boy managed to get his head in front af- after a long time before beating Fiddler nearly a year ago um, but a fiddler sets the form standard there, and you can understand why he's favourite. Uh, his form from that from the uh, Colin Parker early season has, has worked out fairly well. I know a high senior unseated at the second last, but look what he's done since. Pay the Piper's been ultra consistent in handicaps. Um, Espoir de Rome was in the process of running a nice race at Aintree last year, and we haven't seen him since. I, I think the form all, all backs up. Maybe not as strong in the Labrooks Trophy, uh, of course, we never expected Clyde Glenn to bounce back the same, but a few horses in behind have been slightly disappointing. However, I think Fiddler should just take the beat in here, and I think he, he deserves his place at the head of the market. Yeah, can't argue with much of that. Jim Lewis, are you making it two out of two? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, for me, I make it between the, the top two. Um, I think you've got two really nice horses who, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, slightly more promising than the others. Um, I think, you know, Fiddler on the Roof has, you know, gone to grade one company and, and not been disgraced. He's, he's held his own to, to a point, but, um, I think Matt Chapman pointed it out earlier in the week, um, with So Royal, I think it is, um, and literally said that, you know, them horses, they thrive in this sort of grade and, you know, they can have some real good fun with Fiddler on the Roof at top end handicaps. He's not quite lost in translation yet and he may develop into that one day, but, um, you know, if you run second in a Labrooks trophy and, and pull as far clear as he did, obviously he bumped into Cloudy Gern off a low weight on his day. Um, you know, you're, you're no mug, you know, that's a hard race to run well in for, for the best of horses. So he's done well there. Um, you know, the, the one to take him on, I think is, is ask me early. Uh, I think that that sort of, um, you know, like Jim's just pointed out, you know, two runs and another hurdle. Um, it's not affected his chase mark, so you know he he's going to be dangerous coming back into into this company. But um, you know, that's not easy to do. A lot of good horses get found out switching between the the two codes. So uh, yeah, 
all on Fiddler and, and fingers crossed that he wins for the boys. Yeah, I, I have to make it the hat trick to be fair. Look, he's he's short enough for what he is, but he he wouldn't be out of place in a gold cup this year on his form last time and the Carlisle win. You know, he, he wouldn't actually be probably be far off the best of of the British contenders for that certainly. You know, up against Protectorate and Chantry else, I'd give him a chance of being better than the pair of them. Uh, so he he has to be the one to take the beating for me. I agree with Lewis as well. That asked me early is. I mean, his second father, the, the bookies have it right, is the other one with potential upside to his current mark. I think off, off 138, you know, very, very progressive. Mr. Welsh National after apparently he fell in training. Uh, but if, if he's back and spot on here, he's another horse who is going the right way and, and, and should be a standing dish in these sort of staying chases in the future. Of the others, I like Fortescue in general. He's a horse I've got a fair amount of time for. Won twice last season. Held his own in big handicaps this year without winning. Uh, he's entered in the Grand National. He probably won't get in, which is a shame, because he's a sort of horse who, after a good and consistent season in these handicap chases, he's a sort of animal I like. I like seeing getting a crack at the National. Uh, Caribbean boys also in the National. Not really sure. Uh, that will be his race for all. He, he's not a, a full-on hope here Af, on, off the back of his recent win. Uh, the rest are, I mean, are 12s, 12s plus, and I think that that's probably fair prices for them all. Uh, Fiddler, a hat-trick for the boys then. Some horse. Rig Longcar not even getting a mention, Lou. Ascot handicap, big price. Is he not tempting you 20 to 1? Oh, uh, well, no. I mean, look, he, I, I'll... I'll celebrate if he wins, but I don't think he will. He's some boy, like I said, but it's just not 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 at the minute, mate. Not against this lot. Fair enough. They normally have a veterans chase, don't they, at Ascot, maybe the week after the national. That that'd be good fun for him. That'd be a good little target for him if he's still still knocking about in a in two months' time, still fully in training. Uh moving on to the three o'clock, the Dingley's promise handicap hurdle. Over two miles and three furlongs, 13 runners, good risk at all, 15 to 8, five ahead of Cap Doom, Matan at Force, 13 to 2, Zaccone, Rebel, 9's Highway 102, 12's Ballybeg, 14's Christopher Wood and Piccadilly Lily. Christ, that's a hard one to say. 16's Reserve Tank, 18's Strawfan Jack, 33 to 1 bar them, including Easy's Land. Lewis, I'll come to you first here. Again, a, a very, very heavy favourite in good risk at all, but for me, the case is absolutely obvious. First time up off a mark of one, one two seven. I get the feeling though he's the sort of horse that some people will want to take on. Yeah, uh, I mean, I do like um, good risk at all, as you said, uh, for obvious reasons. There, um, I'm always hesitant though of taking uh, a favourite that's that short in a, in a race like this because. You know, they're, they're horses that have been round. You've got some good yardsticks in here that, that can win on their day. Um, and I just feel like, you know, I've been stung so many times back in favourites at 74 in races like this. To be honest, on the day, um, I probably wouldn't play myself, but uh, a horse that's received a little bit of support on, on, on the William Hill uh, app from 14s into 11s is Kerry Lee's horse, Bally Begg. Um, this horse was pulled up twice this season um, to date. However, seem to have you know they seem to have found a bit of form with him. Um, he's back off six pound higher this time uh, than last time when he won at Utoxeter. Um But he he pulled well clear. Um, you know the front two pulled well clear. I think the third was Dorking Boy and that, and that finished twenty six lengths behind. And you know that's not a poor horse that's gone on and, and won and come second since. So uh, I'm willing to take an each way chance on, on Ballybeg, but definitely respecting the favourite with that selection. Yeah, all fair that, mate. Jim, anything for you in here? Uh, I'm going to be looking to take the favourite on. Um, a good risk of all jumping slightly worries me in the big field handicap. Uh, watching him the last couple of times on, he, on his hurdle debut at Chepstow, he wasn't necessarily fluent throughout. Uh, in the race where, of course, he's bumped into John Bond, he's, he was, that was probably his best round of jumping of, of all. And it, was, it, it wasn't perfect. Um, and, and then last time, I think his jumping cost him at Warwick and uh, I think if he'd have jumped the last jump, the second last a little bit better, he'd probably have got the better of Barrichello. 
Uh, first time in a handicap last time. He's been put up £3 for that. I don't, I don't think the form of that Warwick race is going to turn out to be that good. I, I know Barrichello's won that listed race at Haydock. Um, however, I think that was a little bit of a shambles race after my eye was withdrawn about 10 minutes before the off. Washington had a couple more starts. Uh, he, he ran behind, that's all right, Gino, JPR1. Uh, and then he went, uh, and then, uh, before he'd run last time out, um, I don't think the form is awfully that strong and he's been put up three pounds for it. So I'm, I'm a little bit wary of good risk at all. Um, Captain Matan made a very, very nice return to racing. He had some good li- little bits of form behind some nice horses, uh, in his novice hurdle career, uh, off the track for two years and returned in, in serious star beating some, Standard setters of the Class 3 handicaps, your Leon Cavallos, your Ari Viderchis, uh, your Masters Legacy. I'm wary with him, the bounce factor, of course, being off for that long. Uh, he might not perform similarly this time round. Um, but I, I, I respect him possibly more than good risk at all. Um, and at bigger prices, uh, I like Ballybeg. He didn't take to chasing uh, in, in his two starts that he pulled up in. Um, he was good over hurdles. He beat Papatango Charlie at Weatherby in one of them, uh, and did well to and dominated the race at Utoxes last time. Um, a good ten pound claim and taking taking weight off his back. I think he'll be competitive as as Lewis has already mentioned. And the other interesting horse is the the mayor of Alan King's Piccadilly Lily that uh, is going to be fun to say. I aren't exactly strong on my French form. Uh, however, Sunsea, the winner uh, of the race she finished third in last time, has come on to win a, a, a nice race at Otoy. Uh, a competitive renewal and Balcao uh, was purchased for a fair amount of money by Nicky Henderson and the Donleys and ran behind Shall We Have One More the other, the other, uh, last weekend. So they obviously think a fair amount of the fair two, uh, of the front two in front of her that day. She won at Otoy before that uh, and She's got some promising entries at Cheltenham in the Mayor's Hurdle, so they obviously think a fair amount of her. Um, a mark of one two two could underestimate her, and I, I'm looking forward to seeing her out uh, of, of all most of the horses in this race. Um, but the two for me will be Piccadilly Lily each way and Captain Matan. Uh, this is very very simple. Lump on the fav. <laughs> he's gone out at least £10 out of his mark everything Jim said about the Warwick race was wrong, it was possibly the strongest not, well the strongest class for you'll probably see all season in my opinion the winner isn't a flashy horse but you know a listed winner at Haydock earlier in the season very very consistent type, I know he's a second season novice but he held his form well, he was well handicapped on the day, Washington in third Made a bad mistake late. There is no way he is he isn't going to be winning off one two seven soon. Same with Lidford, you know, who was who developed into a really really good flat handicapper back end of last season. You know, he was a good mate of mine when I was doing all the racing league stuff. He made a good start to his hurdling career as well, winning two of his first three against a fairly decent. Uh, decent rivals as well, especially last time at, at Market Rage in his last win when he beat Charlie's glance. You know that that was a good a good race. Good risk at all. Still only rated one two seven. You know he's had John Bond to contend with the start before that. Uh, his jumping's improved run to run. More looking running. He wins last time in a good race. Uh, I don't think there's quite as much. Well, there isn't anywhere near as much potential in opposition here as there was at Warwick. This is probably this might even be a worse race despite it being technically a grade higher than at Ascot on a Saturday. Uh I think he's about as close to a handicap certainty as you can get. <laughs> we'll agree to disagree. Cap Dumatan's a nice horse, don't get me wrong, and there's probably more to come from him. But it would not surprise me if good risk at all was £15 higher this time next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just looked at uh, Captain Mafan's first ever race in the, in the UK um, and the name stuck with me for, for a reason and it was actually 
Um, Master Debonair's hurdle debut that day and we got beaten two lengths by Heaven Help Us who obviously went on to, to win the Coral Cup so uh, definitely some strong some strong hurdle form there as, as James said from his novice career but um, I, I didn't realise it was that horse until I just looked then Oh wow that's 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 a bit of a mad one yeah that was I'm just having a look myself that was quite a quite a strong little maiden hurdle back in back in 2019 Stolen Silver was involved as well and he, he unseated yeah, quite, quite, quite a few good horses came out of that. That's a right shout, that Lewis. As a, as we'll move on to the Ascot Chase, the, the Grade One at three thirty-eight. Again, there's, there's no point asking Jim about this. Uh, Fakir <laughs> Dewey, five to two, Fav over Fanny and Destraval and St Calvados at nine to two. Mister Fisher fives, Dash or Drasher sixes. Lost in translation, twelve to one. Twenty fives waited patiently and two for gold. Lewis, I'll come to you first here, mate. Competitive little grade one. This no outstanding superstar, but I think you can make half cases for them all. Yeah, no, definitely. I I think um, you know this is one of them races where. Um, you know, there's a lot of sort of people's favourites. There's a lot of heart horses, as I like to say, people that that go in blindly on on these sort of horses. And, and I've got a couple in here, so um, you know, I think the market's you know got it right to a, to a point on form. I think um, you know the Irish Raider Fakir Duda there is obviously going to be um, your, your market leader, but for me, um, Dashiell Drasher was a horse um, this time last year when he won this race that I I actually tipped on the blog, and obviously he overturned um, you know Master Tommy Tucker and, and ultimately surname who a lot of people were tipping to to be back, and I just didn't see it, so I I tipped him on my blog, and that was sort of my breakthrough tip if you like, so uh, the one that really got me going. So I've always had a, a thing for Dashiell Drasher. Um, and I, and I wouldn't write him out tomorrow. And then obviously lost in translation. Um, you won, you know, won the Chris, the, uh, the Chanel farm in 1965 last time, much to, to our delight. Um, and yeah, I think, um, it's safe to say that they, they both got a strong shoe in tomorrow and at the prices they are 11 to 2 and, and 10 to 1 with William Hill. Um, right now I'd be, you know, potentially playing them each way because, um, if they're over five to one and it's a fifth of the odds, I just view it as a free bet if they if they do place. And uh, I believe it's free places. Yeah, it's with no non runners. I, I think that's a really good bet for them both. I like that, mate. That's quite a sensible angle. I mean, Jim, make your case for lost. Well, obviously this is a race like Lewis summed it up properly. <laughs> there's there's a lot of heart horses, and I, I can understand why. And, and I do just see a, a slight bit of value in Lost at 12s. I know the ground's turning softer than probably ideal, which won't, won't be perfect. But I think to say he's doubled Ashville Drasher's odds to say he beat him early on in the season, I think it's a little bit yeah. ridiculous. Um, so I do still think he's of a little bit of value. Hopefully the, this storm isn't as bad as people are making out, because I'm praying for dry ground. Um, I don't think he doesn't want soft ground though. I, I, he's he's run well. Well, he, his Betfair Chase was on soft ground, and I mean it wasn't ask uh, Haydock Custard weather then, but um, I, I can't expect Ascot to be to be that bad. Uh, the only year I can was was one one of the worst renewals of the race ever when um, Surname fell at the last. But um, I, I think Saint Calvados has been touted for this race for weeks and he's a horse I've never really got hold of uh, he was he's second to Min in that Ryanair I think with a clear run he probably would have beat Min that year but then since then has, has not really shown an awful lot since and I, I think he's living a little bit off that performance um, Fanny and Destreval was, was ultra consistent over two miles and stepping up this season has, has done well won that Newbury handicap as you'd expect him to do he was the class horse in the race of course still a fairly young horse and there's a bit more progression to come Fakir Dudery a lot of you said already five to two he deserves to be there he's on ratings the best horse in the race and his, his performances behind Alahor have been okay in the main his, his seasonal reappearance in the Clonmel Oil was was good and he holds his form well Nice horse, you can understand why he's favourite. And Mr. Fisher beat Eldorado Allen last time, who bolted up in the Denman last week, although I do think that Denman is a, a bit of a waff race this year. Um, no disrespect to Eldorado Allen, but I, I, Mr. Fisher absolutely brushed him aside last time out. 
Um, but he has been found out in grade one company many times before, as we've seen last time uh, pulling up in the King George on Boxing Day. We saw him uh, unseating the Betway Bull. I know that's, that's, he's, you can't really fault that, but in the Ryanair he was pulled up. So every time he's gone into grade one company, he's been slightly disappointing. Of course, I'm going to be back in Lost. Of course, I think he's got a good chance. I'm praying for a bit of drying ground. And 12 to 1 to say, is a bit of a stupid price for me in comparison to Dashiell Drasher. As much as I respect him, uh, he's had a tough race last time. And I'd be slightly worried uh, for him regaining his crown after that. Fair enough, mate. I, I, understand, the, I understand the point we lost. And I, I, actually over, I actually think he's overpriced. People have written him off so I, much. I and it's it's beginning to slightly infuriate me. <laughs> I look like the passion, mate. I like the passion. Uh, I, I do think this will probably go to something at the top of the market. For Kiaduder, the right fav on his Melon Chase win last season. Very, very good at Clonmel as well. Maybe not quite... Not quite at his best when chasing our home, our home home last time, though he was probably always up against it, trying, trying to beat him. I think I might take him on though, at the price of St. Calvados, who keeps shaping like he's going to win something like this. And his best form is arguably even better than what Fakir Duderi has done. He made a, a silly move. Well, he didn't. Gavin Sheehan made a silly move on him in the King George. Uh, expended a lot of energy. A fairly vital time for not much benefit. You know, the the next second to min in the Ryanair is a cracking one. He shaped like a, a proper horse as well in the King George last year. Obviously, we've not seen as much of him as we'd like, but this just looks to me like the sort of opportunity for, for St Calvados to get his grade one. in In a competitive but fairly winnable renewal of it. I like Fanny and Destreval, but I don't think he should be the same price as Calvados. I wouldn't back him at 9-2. to two. Mr Fisher not from 5 in grade 1s. Again, keeps money well in grade 2 company and this isn't this isn't the strongest grade 1 he'll ever, he'll ever compete in but you, you just kind of get the feeling that he is three or four pounds below what would normally be required to win a race like this, especially with the likes of Fakir Duderi and St Calvados who have done it, you know, in, in proper competitive grade ones against a top class opposition. Dashiell Drasher, lovely horse, won this last season. This year's renewal is stronger. And as much as I like him, I find him opposable at six to one, given that he's been beaten twice this season by horses who are double and four times his price. Uh, I don't think two for gold's the silliest each way, but he's won it last season. I thought we came in a very good race. This is his trip. I know he's also in the national and Kim Bailey. Kim Bailey said, well, we don't have much else for him at the end of the season, so he might turn up there, which I'm not sure is the, uh, is the best plan running. Running in the Grand National because there's nothing else to do, uh, which apparently seems to be this, the, the, uh, the tactic they're taking with Sam Crow as well for some reason. Uh, <laughs> I don't think he's a silly silly price at 25s each way as well. I wouldn't put anyone off wanting to back him. Waiting patiently has it all to prove for me. But I guess peak peak form would see him involved as well for all that. I, I wouldn't back him myself. Well, probably at double the price. Uh, so it's it has to be St Calvados for me. And it's quite a competitive race this year. I'm looking forward to it. It's a, it's a good grade one. We've just got to keep our fingers crossed for the uh, for the eight runners. Yeah, good, good each way betting race as well there. Uh, do either of you have anything you'd like to mention in the Class 3 handicap or the bumper? Uh, nothing from me. Uh, no, nothing from me either. Happy days. We'll move on then to Haydock Park. Uh, the 3.30, the, the 3.30, sorry, the 1.30, the Victor Ladorum juvenile hurdle should be a penalty kick for Porticello. So we'll start with the Rendlesham at two or five. They currently bet fifteen to eight. Thomas Darby five to two. Molly Ollie's wishes nine to two. Third wind. Sevens Topville Ben. Elevens Emmy Tom. And twelves good old Holstone Jim bringing the Holstone theory back out 
Uh, I'll let you start with this, mate. My initial reaction for Thomas Darby now, for a horse I liked a lot as a youngster, is always I want to get him beat every time, no matter what. Do you think he will, Leo? I think I agree with you, mate. And and 15 to 8 is, is short for a horse that doesn't tend to like to put his head in front of an awful lot. I know he, he won the long distance early, uh, early doors and uh, beat some nice horses there. Um, however, in this against a horse who's won this race last year, um, younger than him, uh, possibly open to more progression uh, in third wind. I think 92 offers a lot of value in this. Um, we saw him um, in the Potemps race finish third behind Sporting John. That'll set him bang on for this, I think. Uh, never tends to have a lot of form going first time out and, and second time's normally the time to catch him. And um, I thought it was a satisfactory reappearance. Uh, of course, getting that Potemps qualification as well, if all goes wrong. Um, I still think his mark's fairly fair, if I'm, if I'm being honest. I don't think he's that far away from a wide open stairs hurdle that it looks this year. Uh, we saw him beat Lesnagar Oscar, uh, main fact, and on the blind side last year. And now he, he faces arguably a, a similar style field. The, the, the one unexposed one is Molly Ollie's Wishes. Um, of course, the, the mayor who won the grade two last time out, I think that was a weak grade two, if I'm being honest, even for, for the mayor's, mayor's campaign. She was found out in the coral hurdle. The three mile might find a little bit more improvement, but she was she was out on her feet late on, and, and that running at Haydock can often catch many a horse out uh, with stamina worries. And I, I'd be a little bit worried about her in the, in the closing stages uh, with stronger stayers such as your third wins and your Tom, uh, Topville Benz. Uh, and for me, I think third win offers a lot more value at nine to two than than the front two at the market. I know Molly always wishes gets the mare's allowance, uh, but third wind. Um, Third wind, I, I think at nine to two is where I'll be landing. Fair enough, mate. We will be fair to Thomas Darby. He's been more more consistent his last two starts. Obviously, winning at Newbury, and I thought he emerged with credit from the long walk where he finished fourth, not beaten, not beaten a mile. I like the Maria, mate. Molly all these wishes. I, I've only said she was found out in a coral hurdle. That was a better race than this for me. I know she was last of five, but for a British grade two, that was quite a good one. It actually had, you know, graded level horses in it, not like Hunter's Call and Global Citizen, one of them races. Uh, so it doesn't doesn't worry me too much that she was battered there. You know, she doesn't run against the boys too often, but she was far from disgraced when third in the National Spirit last season behind Brewing Upper Storm and McFabulous who are both better horses than anything in this, in my opinion. Uh, and there, you know, again, it was a strange race at Ascot last time. She did what she was entitled to do, though. I think she's a free miler through and through, getting getting weight all round and seven off Third Wind and Thomas Darby. I, I think that's, that's where I'd have to lie. Emmy Tom's a horse I've never been a fan of. Uh, it just gets beat, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, Top, Topville Ben is a horse I think a lot of people have a lot of time for, and he ran really, really well at Lingfield last time out to beat the Shirker, that is Emma Tom. Uh, probably needs to improve further to be winning a Rendlesham, though. And Holstone, it's a guessing game, isn't it? He's 11 now, but we've not seen him for over a year. Third wins a horse I eat. I really like and have a lot of time for, and I agree with Jim in that I wouldn't put anyone off backing him. But for me, I, I, I think Molly Ollie's wishes is is gradually improving, and this is weaker than either of the grade twos against the boys she's contested before. I like her, mate. I like her. Lewis, That's fair. Yeah, Lewis, I, I mean, for me, you know, this is one of them races that... Um, you know, I, I just it's it's dubbed as a Cheltenham sort of festival trial, and I just can't see any of these horses really getting near anything. Um, if they was to to run in that world hurdle um, at Cheltenham, 
I, I just, I don't, I don't think there's much quality in it. Uh, third wind would be my choice. It's one of them horses though that every time I back it, it gets beat and every time I go against it, it wins. So I, I do apologise lads because, uh, <laughs> this week, uh, I, I'm a big supporter and, and it's probably going to get beat. I remember backing on the blind side, uh, last year and, uh, you know, third wind winning and I was, uh, kicking myself for the rest of the afternoon. So hopefully, uh, hopefully she, he can, uh, repeat the business. Molly, uh, Ollie's wishes. Um, I mean, there was only room for, for one skeleton mare in my life and that was Roxana. So, uh, uh, I'm not gonna yeah, open the door just yet to, to another one. So it's third wind for me. Fair enough, mate. I, I, do you know what? I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna slate any of that. He's a horse. He's a horse. I, I, I have a lot of time for. Uh, moving on to the Grand National trial at 2.40. And they currently bet secret reprieve 11-4 to 4 to beat Sam Brown at 6 as on card and Black Lion and Bristol Demai at 8. 10s are galloping bare time to get up. 12s Lord Dumenil and Mint Condition 22 CD is male and 25-1. to 1. Kaluke, the sort of race I absolutely love. I find this tricky enough though this year. Any simpler for you, Lewis? Uh, well... Uh, City Ishmael for me each way. Um, probably, as you know, for obvious reasons, my dad's got shares in Wider Galley, um, and he used to be trained by Keith Douglas, who's a, a trainer that I, I follow a lot. Um, David Pike brought him, put him in a hurdle race at Lingfield, um, and the writing was, was pretty much on the wall. It was a, a bit strange because I, I felt like we travelled uh, better than City Ishmael, but he found... Uh, a lot and I remember speaking to to Joe just shortly after the race and he said well let's see where that goes because he's got plans for that and it's a, a classic David Pipe horse in the sense um, it's now obviously uh, you know gone over long distance it's won two respective nationals um, albeit smaller sort of events um, fell last time but yeah wider galley went on and won um, you know whether he would have won again last time is open for debate but I felt like the horse that come upside him and eventually won I can't remember his name now but um, I felt that that horse doesn't find necessarily off the bridle and I remember speaking to my dad about it so wider galley could have potentially gone and uh, and, and done a double after being beat pretty comfortably in all, in all fairness by Sidney Ishmael so um, hopefully you can keep going in the right direction and run a big race Fair enough mate I like that as a bit of an each way shot best price 22 to 1 for Sidney Ishmael Jim where are you landing here mate? Like you said I, I could make a case for nearly everything in this race um, all all a bit bits and pieces of form strong uh, I think Secret Reprieve is a little bit short for me at 11-4. to 4. He's a horse I've not really got hold of. Uh, I, I know he won the Welsh National uh, and didn't run too badly in the race this year. He very well. Um, but he's a horse I've, I just, I've just not got quite hold of just yet. So I'm, I'm a little bit unsure on him. The horse that I certainly thought was the most interesting was Mink Condition, the novice. Um, we've saw him, uh, seen him run over fences three times so far, twice at Haydock. Second to kill Tealy Briggs, who he probably should have beat if he jumped the last a little bit better. Uh, he went and beat Pay the Piper up at Musselburgh uh, the other week. And then he got the better of Ashtown Lad staying on strongly, uh, beating Bushy Park and Torn and Fred. And Torn and Fred bolted up in that uh, Cheltenham handicap. I don't think Warwick was his, was his track, really. Turning every... Uh, constantly on the turn, emphasis on his jumping was probably not ideal. Uh, he, he plodded on but was never really looking like he was going to be challenging 300 through five. Um, and he's been dropped a pound for that uh, into a handicap against more experienced rivals. Uh, Brian Hughes is booked off 10 stone four. I think he's, he's interesting. Um, 12 to one for a horse that enjoys heavy ground and looks like he'll be competing these races in years to come uh, from his novice starts. I think he's interesting at 12s. Uh, the other horse he's interesting is time to get up. Uh, of course, um, the, the national debacle that happened the other day. Um, I don't know what's going on there, but he's it, looked like a, a proper stayer since winning the Midlands National. Um, beat Mighty Thunder that day, who, who has went on to win the Scottish National. Uh, hasn't run that well since, but um, I, I think the form of that won't, won't turn out to be too bad. Uh, nothing was ever going to suit in that Sefton, let's be honest. Uh, two mile five for a horse as slow as him. He just wasn't going to enjoy it. Um, but three mile four, heavy ground round Haydock. I can see that being right up his street. Uh, and 
a horse who I, I've got a little soft, soft spot for, Sam Brown. Um, I really liked what he did in that old car novice chase a few years ago. And um, he's been a very fragile horse to campaign and, and showed a step back in the right direction in that Peter Marsh behind Royal Pagai. Uh, and uh, he beat Fortescue that day. Um, soft ground, hay dock, slog, he'll enjoy it. Uh, and I can understand that. So I, I've got a short list of three of about a minute, but the, the one of most interest will probably be mint condition, even though he probably still has to find a little bit more. Um, but I think he's interested in the novice in this off a low weight. Fair enough, mate. Yeah, I can see that. He's, he's a horse I've got a lot of time for. I'm not, I'm not mega sure he's a he's a best handicapped on on current form. Well. On overall form, to be fair, I, I kind of think he might be getting close enough to hitting his ceiling. This is competitive. Uh, Secret Reprieve's a right favourite, shaped like he was going to be involved with the finish of the Welsh National again this season before just emptying uh, late in the day. One three eight, there is upside to that. We know he goes well in races like this. The right favourite, probably the likeliest winner. 11-4. to four. Maybe short enough, though. So I'm gonna I'm gonna look further down uh, the market. I, I I like time to get up. I agree with everything Jim said about him going well in in staying chasers. The Sefton was never gonna gonna play to his strengths. He's a Midlands national winner running over two and a half miles. <laughs> no, no surprise he got his ass under to him. This is more like it. Obviously they they didn't you know they had a bit of a stinker and. Didn't get him qualified for the Grand National in time, uh, but this should be back. This should play to his strengths. And look, he looked like he was en route to being a well handicapped horse of one four four again last season, going the right way. He's on the shortlist at ten to one. I don't think Black Lion's a poor price in a race. Come on, come on. Why not? He's beat the two amigos, who's as exposed as they come. Um, he's beat. Aging horses in behind last time. By 28 lengths. All a bit by 28 lengths. He's romped up the handicap back up to 145. He's been thrashed off that mark before. Well, he hasn't. He's always, he's, he's been a 15, he's been, he hasn't, I, I'd even wagered him that he's not been far off a 154, 145 horse, sorry, the entire time. He dropped very, very quickly because of his age. He was the only British horse in the first, what, 11 of the Grand National? So it, it was fair, you know, clearly better handicap there than most of the other domestic horses. They, they lobbed a load of weight off him for not much apparent reason. He's gone and won the last twice. He's finished second in this race twice before. You know, I, you're saying he's only won veterans events. First of them, he beat Aso, who is still a useful enough chaser. Regressive, yeah, definitely. He was in a veterans event, but, you know, would you say Aso's still above a 145 horse? I'd say no. so. Just about. No. His run last time was enough to show that. <laughs> the bottom weight, well, the one who the one who was at the foot of the weight so absolutely pissed that though, didn't he? It was a bit of a strange event. Uh, and then the last time he won by the two Amigos, this is, this is Black Lion's bread and butter, Jim. I don't care that he's 13. He's not you know, the horse who was capable of winning an RSA. But, you know, has he regressed from 10 to 13? Massively. I don't think you can say that on recent form, you know. it. I think he's got a chance. I really think he's got a chance. There, there are very little question marks to me about A, Black Lion's suitability for this sort of race, B, his current well-being, and C, I don't think he's he's handicapped out of things. Because the last, last time he ran off 145, he ran well, which was in the Grand National, and he's won twice since. So, uh, he's got a chance, Jim, and I, I love it. I love it if he wins now. I'm going to get Kevin Keegan, <laughs> now, now that he's slated him. Having the cheek to slate good old Black Lion. Uh, and a, a, a very interesting one is the, is the Sussex National winner, or the Southern National, or whatever it was at Linfield, the Surrey National. Uh, Galloping Bear, the former hunter chaser, who won off top won, albeit a bit of a a dodgy race, even for a regional national. You know, he beat two horses who were 
out of the handicap and rated around 110. <laughs> but he, he just looks like he's going to stay very, very well. Up £5 for that. He's kind of still unexposed in this sort of event, and I don't think he's the silliest bet either at 10 to 1, potentially, from an each-way potential. Time to get up to the same price, and I prefer time to get up of the pair. And Black Lion over the Galloping Bear as well at the prices. But he's very interesting, and he brings a completely different sort of form line into the race. I'm looking forward to this race. I I, I want to see who's right and who's wrong. (laughs) I would love Black Lion to win. I would absolutely love it. and make my weekend, and I might nap him just out of spite. Uh, anything in the Potemps qualifier for you, Jim? You know how much I love a Potemps race, uh, and you know how much I enjoy Flash Jack. Um, I, I've tipped him up a fair few times on here, and uh, he's down to a mark of one, two, five. Uh, he won a Haydock handicap on heavy ground uh, back in 2019 off a mark of one, three, four. Richard Patrick was claiming three off him. Uh, I don't think he ran that bad last time. He plugged on. Uh, towards the finish, softer ground, big long running, that's where he'll enjoy a fair, a fair pace in front. Um, I, I think he'll enjoy that. Um, and the other one would be Bushy Park for, for Phil Kirby. Um, he'd been chasing this season, beat Dying Breed, who I fancy for the Reynolds Town, was third behind uh, Mink Condition, who I, who I fancy in the, uh, in the national trial. Um, and won this off a mark of 120. He's £12 higher this year, but he enjoys heavy ground and, and won this race last year. So, uh, there'd be my two darts for it. Fair enough, mate. Anything for you, Lewis? Uh, no, it's a, it's a race that uh, I'm notoriously steer clear of. Uh, I mean, I don't think that we've we've had an English winner of the actual final since... Call the cops was it in 2015? So uh, I generally wait until the day and then just back whatever whatever the Irish guys are backing off the board. I generally uh, wouldn't look at a race like this to be honest. Yeah, fair enough, mate. Small presence of horse going the right way though at the top of the market. I quite like him uh, if I had to be pressed to one, but I agree. Potential qualifiers are uh, my idea of punting hell up there with the Weatherby Super Sprint. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Jim Hillcrest running in the prestige obviously as Hurdle uh, you're a big fan of that horse should win it yeah hopefully nice to see Green Buck turning up and uh, the Great Rex horse didn't run too badly last time behind a horse I know you've got a lot of affection for Lou uh, and and the Tom Lacey horse uh, was tipped up on here by Dan Overall last time and it, he wasn't disgraced uh, in the grade 2 last time but Hillcrest brings the best form into the race I mentioned uh, how confident I was going into that and of course ruined my tip star chances fairly early on as Richard Patrick uh, unseated um, beat Iron Maximus get a tonic wasn't disgraced last week by Marie's Rock which is a little form boost as well from the time before um, I'm surprised they're going here I thought they'd go straight to the festival this race could bottom him and I've been a sucker for this race in many years as Lewis will, will answer for um, Chef de Zorba, I think won this race um, and, and and look what went on to him. I, I think he's just uh, docked up at uh, Hull ferry services and uh, and having a refill. So um, what what was the worst shout between you calling Chef Desobama Future Gold Cup or me saying that about Beakstown? <laughs> it's, it's a serious competition, isn't it? Um, luckily, me saying lost being Judges. a Gold Cup winner um, has turned out to be not too far away. Um, however, Hillcrest. Should should take the beating. Um, hopefully, Richard Patrick stays on. Anything you can add in here, Lewis? Um, yes, uh, one of them races. I, I think Green Book's obviously um, got some nice form. Hillcrest, uh, Hillcrest as well. Uh, remember, quite uh, you know, knocked me out the place pot that day at, at quite a late stage. So that was frustrating. That's why you don't do one selection in, in a place pot, I guess. But um, no, I, I think you know it's between the top two in the market. I can't see much else getting involved. Um, on the ratings, they're pretty clear, aren't they? So, yeah, I would make it between them two. Um, I'll probably play Hillcrest uh, on the day, but the full cast is interesting as well. 
yeah, fair enough look, I think Hillcrest has a fair amount in hand from these on what he's shown so far and should win surprises not odd not odds on. He's been priced up at five to four. Uh I like Green Book. I'm glad he's been doing well this season because he's a good flat horse to come up to come jump in and he's making a good fist of it, having one last time out when we put him up on here. So I hope he can continue running well. Like Jim mentioned, high stakes got beat by the mighty Bally Griffin Cottage. My best mate, my version of Lost. Uh, last time out at Lingfield. I mean, getting within a length and a half of Bally is some going, so... <laughs> he should go well. And Cipian ran well when put up by Dan Overall in the Leamington, but Hillcrest should have enough to see to these. Good old Bob and Co's out in the Walrus. Oh, go on, Maxi. Against... Cousin Pascal, who until last week, Jim, if you would have said to me, name who won the Aintree Fox Hunters last season, I, I genuinely have been there for about three months. <laughs> me and you both, mate. I'd, Cousin Pascal apparently won that race last year. I'm not sure whether anyone remembers it. Uh, it was a good watch as well, though, because I think Billaway possibly got away with the worst round of jumping I have ever seen from a horse complete, completing Aintree. <laughs> it was horrendous, wasn't it? Yeah, and he actually wins a Hunters this year as well. Oh, go and give your head a wobble. Backed him at sixes after he's come back. <laughs> and Ridiculous, he'll go off favourite, you know, he's 61. He's going to go off favourite, let's just be honest, but he's going to put in at least two howls. Yeah, that's what you get with him, but he's, he's good fun, I thought. And even even if even if he gets beat, I can I can pay my bills with value. <laughs> Quick flick over to Wincanton. Uh we'll start with a Kingwell obviously four on a race. Goshen, Adagio, Landinabo, Lad and uh Favois. It's got the it's got the shape of a race here, Jim. Obviously at the prices Goshen is five to six, Adagio eleven to eight, Favois fourteens, Landinabo lad twenty fives. Have to be all in on a dad joke, given Goshen is who he is. Exactly, and uh, and I agree. And as much as as Goshen won last time out, um, beat Guard Your Dreams. I thought the race suited him perfectly. I thought Jamie Moore did exactly what he had to do, um, and he, he just did all he had. And, and, and we saw what he did at Wincanton last year. Um, smashing song for someone going off fairly fast. Catch me if you can, and nothing did. Um, be interested to see how Howard Adzio uh, is after his injury. I, I, he ran a cracker um, in the Great Wood. Um, was was ultra consistent last season, and I'm looking forward to seeing him back out again. I, I think he could be England's main challenger for the Champion Hurdle, all of it finishing sixth or seventh, probably. Yeah, that's fair. Lou, are you going to stick with the, the nutter that is Goshen or? Joining me and Jim on Adagio's side. I mean, if you'd asked me before, um, before the the Lingfield race, even um, I, I would have never backed Goshen again. But I think Goshen, for all his quirks, is still a very talented horse. Um, and if he does get it right on the day, I think you know he he wins this race pretty comfortably. To be honest, um, it's just a question of whether he will. I mean. Um, you know, he, he regularly goes for, well, we just do what is, is sort of Goshen's race and everyone else just sort of follows suit and, and, and goes and does what, what he wants really, doesn't he? Like Jamie Moore tries to control him. I remember at Lingfield he was running all over the track and still finished pretty close up. So, um, you know, I, I'm hoping that he's turned the corner because, um, he's a horse that I'm fond of and a horse that still owes me a lot of money from that time at Cheltenham when he, when he fell at the last. So, um, I'm going to stick with Goshen and, and hope he can get it right again. Fair enough, mate. I'd, I'd agree that Pete Goshen beats a dad job, but I just never, never want to back Goshen at odds on, especially when there's a, a horse who I, I think he's generally consistent and runs his race. In opposition, the last race we'll touch on is the 358 at Wincanton, a good handicap hurdle. Here, where Mr. Glass for Paul Nichols makes his handicap debut, he's two to one to be sizable. Sam, former Turf Talk 12 horse at six to seven, Solwara one, Stella Magic, Trincomalee, and Lewis's horse, Master Debonair, nine to Ask the Doc, 14s, Monte Cristo, 
Corinto and 18s for good old JPEG, who's ran well the last twice. Uh, I'll start this myself. I've, I've, I've worked on this race this afternoon and I've come down on Mr. Glass, even though he's a short price. And I kind of don't like going in for handicap debutants in races where I think are generally quite competitive. And I think this is a good race for its type. But an opening mark of one, two, seven just looks like it could be so workable for him. Uh, you know, one, one, two bumpers last season didn't have much to beat in a pair of novice hurdles. I think at Chepstow and Newcastle, he won the French Furs there on his penultimate start. Third in the Tolloff last time. Look, he was never going to be suited by going down six furlongs in trip. Finished third there. One, two, seven, I guess, you know, on the promise he's shown in his first four starts. Looks like it could be workable. I know the Nichols, Nichols' horses haven't quite been firing recently. But this is a race he has a good record in. He's won it five times uh, in the last ten years. And I think either three or four of them have either been with horses making their handicap debut or having their second handicap start. So it's a, it's a sort of race he throws horses like Mr. Gas into. And he has a good record of doing so. So he's the one I've, I've landed on. The, the ones I've put up as the threats are Master Debonair, obviously, who is on a potentially very, very lenient mark and, and took a step back in the right direction at Taunton last time out. And Stella Magic, who... I still think this this potential in from his current rating, you know, one three five. The second to up for parole, who got beat again midweek, but again shaped very well. Uh, I, I think he's, he's fairly strong form. You know, he was quite well fancied at Ascot last time out. Never went a yard, pulled up. He's seven to one here in probably a slightly weaker race. He might be worth another chance, despite despite kind of flattering to deceive so far in his career. Good race, so you can make cases for a lot of them. Like you said, size, like I said, uh, sizable Sam's horse, Jim was was a big fan of. Physically, looked every inch of chaser. Uh, in reality, didn't have an absolute clue what he was doing. Quite good back over hurdles last time out, though. Sol were won, even worse chaser. Uh, but he was progressive last season over hurdles, finished sixth in one of the big handicaps at the Grand National meeting uh, on his first start in the handicap. So he's interesting. Good little race, though. Uh, I've spent a lot of time talking about it, Jim. Anything from you, pal? Nothing. I'll leave this to, for Lewis to uh, fire away with Master Demo there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, uh, you know, lads, it's one of them, uh, you know, when you, when you ha- are connected to a horse, you always, you know, want it to come back to its best. Um, you know, Master Debonair, you know, he won the kennel gate, you know, at, at a cancer. And, uh, I always remember walking back through, um, to, to the sort of winner's enclosure. And I looked for my dad and we were like, we've got the real deal here. We've finally done it. Um, you know, and then next time he just wasn't, he just wasn't himself. And, uh, you know, I, I look back at that moment and I've never been more disappointed. You know, my dad's owned Greyhounds with, won big races in that sport as well. We've had big disappointments in that sport, but throughout, you know, the whole time we, we've owned sort of horses, greyhounds, that was the most disappointing run I think we've ever had. Um, you know, we sent him to Harry Fry, chasing. I never really thought he was a chaser. He was such a good hurdler. We got him back last time to, to somewhat of his best, um, against Dawkin Boy. Um, he got beat three quarters of a length, but he was given that horse weight. Um, that horse then went and, uh, and run second up at Huntingdon and, and they were well clear him and the odds on favourite of Ollie Murphy's Thunder Rock, which is, is a young horse, a progressive horse, a bit like Mr. Glass really. Um, and they were 17 lengths clear of, of the third and, and the rest of them. They, they weren't great shakes, but it, it's good form. I just think if Master Debonair is anywhere near his best on that weight and, if he runs to to what he did last time, I think you know he's got the beating of these. He's he's been round the block now a few times, and it's getting to that point in his career where he needs to start putting a little bit of a run together and winning some races. And hopefully he can kickstart that tomorrow. I, I respect Mr. Glass, but as you say, first time in a handicap, um, I don't think 
he's done enough to justify beating Master Debonair if they're both at their best off just five pound less. Um, yeah, that's that's my take on it. But of course, I, I'm going to be biased. You know, uh, Master Debonair's given us some great moments, and, and I'm just hoping to have those back starting with tomorrow. Yeah, that that makes sense, mate. That that I, I understand your argument there. I, I, I just couldn't let Mister Glass go off at one two seven. Uh, when I think the potential's there for him to to possibly be ten pounds better than that in time. Um, there's a good card at Goran on Saturday. We're not going to have time to discuss it, but Saldier, uh, De Rasso, Qualixios, Tahupu, all involved in the Red Mills hurdle. That's a good race. Uh, Roy Marge as well, who's uh, in the Grand National for Patrick Dr- Dr- Griffin. His first start for his new yard is in a two-mile Trade free hurdle. Uh, interesting one there for a Grand National entry. And the Red Mills chase as well sees Mellon uh, clear at the top of the ratings for that against Daily Tiger. Hard line. Charm Street Lad and Sizing Potsy. Blue Sari goes in the beginner's chase against Grand Parody and Indiana Jones. Blue Sari's a horse I know a lot of people uh, have in mind potentially for a Cheltenham Festival handicap, so it will be interesting to see how he gets on there. Uh, I think we've covered. Everything relevant. Jim, I'll start with you for your naps, pal. Nap, of course. More than likely going to be Fiddler on the Roof at the weekend in the Swindley Chase. Um, my next best will be Hillcrest in the Albert Bartlett trial up at Haydock. And of course, it won't be a, a, a nap competition uh, without loss in translation is a third best. Obvious each way value for me. <laughs> Obviously, it's very value. I like that, mate. Uh, Lewis, your free picks, please, Paul. Yeah, no. So uh, I'll start with the nap. Um, I've been deliberating, uh, but I just think um, you know this horse is is too big of a price to let it go off. So I'm going to go City Ishmael um, as as my Ooh. nap each way. Um, you know, we, we like a big one on here. I, I got heaven help us in the Coral Cup, so hopefully I can give the, the listeners something to shout about. Uh, next best, uh, same as Jim, I think I'm going to go for Hillcrest. Um, you know, players safe and, and just try and get something on the board. Um, and then sort of my third pick, uh, I'm going to go with Dashwell Drasher. Um, as much as I hate taking on Lost, he did it for me last year and, uh, I, I feel as though he, he, um, might be able to repeat, repeat the business this year. How dare you? Well, he's out there making his one and only appearance on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> controversial, you know. It's, it's, that's how you make a name for yourself. That's it. Gone. Off the Christmas card list. <laughs> uh, I'm on a nap good risk at all. Uh, and he's not far off my strongest nap of the season. Oh. Um, <laughs> oh, oh. You do, have you done this purely to spite me? No, he just wins. He just wins uh, so easily. I don't think it's a great race. And he just should be so much better than all of these. Like I said, mate, he should have won a better race last time. Uh, And he's still going the right way. Very keen on him. Next best, let's go St. Calvados. Oh, what a horrendous duel so far. I'll happily lay you these. Go on, mate. I'll, I'll, I'll only bet with you this weekend. <laughs> Walking into Cheltenham in just a pair of joggers and a jumper at this rate. Uh, no, Calvados the next best. Let's go Fiddler for the third. Oh, thank third God pick. for that. Some normality has been resumed. I thought you were... Just going to chuck something else random in. Well, maybe he'll maybe Hillcrest actually because I think Fiddler's got a better rival against him in Ask Me Early, so I might swap for Hillcrest for the third pick. Yeah. Though I also think Fiddler wins. Put uh, the double in. Put the double in. Yeah, do you know what Hillcrest? Hillcrest is a is a backable price at five to four. Certainly. So. He he just about sneaks into the nap comp and Jimmy's finally happy with that. Uh, Louis Sharp, thanks for being here, pal. No worries. It's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. Hopefully, uh, I don't bump into to Paul and Richard from from the Tizard Yard too soon. Uh, I'm sure they'll have some words for me after that uh, third pick. <laughs> There'll be pitchfork coming round to your house as we speak. <laughs> Honestly, what Watson has genuinely created a cult. 
that's what it was. At, at first, it became it was just like a, a nice little fan club, and now now it is like a Tizard Scientologist. If you don't like Tizards, get out. Yeah, but if you don't like Tizards, then there's no room for you in National Hunt Racing, I'm afraid. Agreed. We love it. We love it. Uh, thanks for rating the racers for all their support. Uh, Jim, thanks for being here and for threatening our guest. <laughs> uh, thank you very much for, for hosting once again, and, and hopefully we'll we'll hit the target this weekend. And Lost will be back for the uh, to win the Gold Cup, and this weekend's Ascot Chase all in the space of, of two months. Only talking sense here on Turf Talk. Uh, <laughs> thanks again for everyone for listening, and we'll see you all again next week after Kempton next week. I think we won't record until the festival. We'll get all our Cheltenham stuff sorted. Uh, so keep an eye out. We'll do Kempton next week, and then it'll be Cheltenham. Uh, so we aren't, we aren't going missing for a week or two. That's that's what we're uh, going to be sorting in the absence. So thanks for everyone for being here, and we'll see you all again soon. Take care. See you soon. Stay safe. Cheers. Thank you.